Welcome back, Nodals. Thanks for the support by listening to the show. We send out our appreciation to each and every one of you for allowing our podcast to take up a little bit or a lot of your precious time. Please send us more of your feedback so we can make sure the show is better for you. Welcome back, Know-It-Alls. We have a very special guest this week. Somebody has some medical shit that they'd like to talk about, and uh, <laughs> I would love to hear all about it. So with us, we have Dora Cote. Hey, everybody. I'm pretty sure they're saying hi back. I just can't hear them. I'm hearing them in my head. Is okay, that okay? Well, I mean, is, it's not a live show. And there's Is that another medical problem? maybe (laughs) but in a good way it's nice to hear positive reinforcement even if it's not really happening the voices in my head are being friendly today (laughs) speaking of voices in your head recently you had some other things in your neck or head is that not correct oh yeah some extra parts oh yeah yeah i was growing like a ping pong ball flesh of doom yeah in my neck my parathyroid gland decided it would want it to become a golf ball so when you're at home and you're just like living your daily life your routine and shit and all of a sudden things are a little bit different a little bit weird can you describe how that felt like you, you knew something was wrong but you didn't think it would last you just thought like oh maybe i'm dizzy like describe your first interaction with yourself when you noticed something wasn't Dora like? Well, I kind of just thought I was getting sick. I thought I was like, I had about a million different excuses to why I was not feeling well, but I was not seeking professional medical attention. <laughs> uh, you know, I was just suffering from conjecture. I'm like, oh, you know, it's this allergies, no sleep, maybe I'm dehydrated. So you're on Google and you're like, oh, uh, you know, WebMD, yeah. what do I have? What do I have? Yeah, I was like, oh, I've got testicular cancer. What? <laughs> no. But like, it, it, and then it was finally my child that was like, and he's like 18, so he's not like that much of a child, but still, he's my baby. And he just was like, mom, you're pretty messed up. You think you need to go see a doctor? And I just was like, what do you mean? Because like, I knew I wasn't doing well, but I didn't realize how not well I was doing. And then uh, I proceeded to go to the emergency room. And then uh, they thought I was having a stroke, which was interesting. Had my first ECG, which was not fun. That's what the and, electrodes uh, attached to you? Yeah, the electrodes, they're checking out my heart, making sure that I, because they thought I was literally having a stroke. They thought yeah. I was right in the middle of having one, and it was pretty fucking crazy. So then what would make them think that? Like, what were you acting like? What were you seeing? What were you saying? So it was crazy. So I was going in, my speech, my, all of a sudden, my speech was like drunk, like very slurred. I couldn't speak very fast. I was very dizzy. My eyesight went blurry. Like it was really fucked up all, all of a sudden to have faculties that you're just so used to having gone and no explanation for it. And because the change was so gradual, I didn't realize that it was all gone until the doctor was like, oh, this, this, this. And they're like, oh, and then you start realizing, shit, I'm, I'm fucked up. I'm pretty fucked up. They have a checklist for you and they were yeah. just checking everything off on from the top to the bottom. Yeah. You're like all right, this is not good. Yeah, this is not good. And then the doctor's like, have you ever, well, at first they were like, okay, your heart's good. Everything looks great. So you're just, now it's a point of like, okay, what the fuck's going on? And then some blood work. And then the doctor came back and was like, 
So have you ever heard you have uh, too much calcium before? And I, no. <laughs> is that a fucking thing? Like, a, you know. A, so is it in your bloodstream? Like, wh- where would your calcium be? Just in your in your skin? So your your yeah, right. Like your bones store calcium, and I just always thought that calcium was the mechanism that made your bones strong. Yeah. That's what I always thought calcium was, but no, bones are just the storage bins for calcium because it's used in your system to transmit the electrical signal uh, towards like your nerve endings, uh, in your brain, into your muscles, all over your body. Calcium is incredibly important. So my levels were really high and out of whack. And then uh, I had to come back the very next morning to recheck, to test for also what was called a parathyroid hormone. And those levels in relation to my calcium showed them that I was having a problem with my parathyroid gland, which is a part of your endocrine system. And um, then it was like, okay, well, now we're going to book an ultrasound on your neck. And you know, I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't know what any of this means, right? So that's all one day? This is over like a 24-hour? This is like one day. So you're at home with your kid, you're cooking or whatever. And then the next day you have a 35 checklist, all positive at the hospital. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, okay, now we have to book you in for an ultrasound on your neck. Now go home and wait till that appointment. You don't know. You, I don't know what the hell to think, you know, like, cause at this point now, like I'm also starting to have a trouble walking. Like I'm losing balance. I'm having no good time walking unsupported. I'm almost falling over. I can't stand up without swaying. Like it looks like I'm severely inebriated anywhere I go, any time of the day. And I'm not drunk at all. And uh, to kind of go from there and then you go for the ultrasound and then the fucking ultrasound lady's like, got any thyroid cancer in your family? (laughs) (laughs) It was not a good comment. That diagnosis killed me because then that's all I thought I had. Right. And then my doctor, when they looked at the results and he's like, "Um, it's, it's really big. And I just was like, what do you mean? What's you're really like, big? You're like, did, did I send you that dick pic too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is testicular doctor. It is cancer doctor. I swear to God. And then, so then it was like, okay, well, this scan isn't good enough. So now you're going to have to do a nuclear scan. Now this is all over a period of now two weeks from going to the hospital. Finally, like from initial, it's like two weeks till I get like the nuclear scan. And then they actually see the tumor. So how do you feel? feel about that like I, I thought I had cancer I, I'm pretty sure I was like it was my death sentence I thought I was going to die um I was told not to do anything because of the placement of where the tumor was where it was pressing against my brain stem and the artery the one on the left hand side going into my brain I was pretty much a walking stroke waiting to happen like I was told to not do anything you just lay on a couch and that's really all I was able to do at that point because each day as this progressed before surgery, I lost even more function. Couldn't spell, couldn't add, couldn't write my name, could barely, barely talk. Oh, no, I just, I remember like texting you and then I just wouldn't get a reply for like three days. I'm like, she must be busy. And then I do it again. And I got like a two word answer, like four days later. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is going on? Right. And I had no idea. Like, it's like, she's, is she that busy? Is there something going on? Like, I have no idea. But yeah, you were like like a ghost, and I, I couldn't. Well, I felt like a ghost. I was no longer connected to myself. It was so it's so weird to be not connected to yourself in the, your own body. Like 
knowing that you don't have full control. I was out of control, emotional control. I had no control over it. My, my, my poor kid seen me cry so many fucking times over stupid as shit because I just, I couldn't have any control over it. If something different or new happened that surprised me, I lose my fucking mind. And like I panic and I've never suffered from that kind of shit before. I'm not like that, like anxiety attacks where I thought to God I was going to die. I was so convinced I was going to die and uh, pretty much just was like keeping it as light and breezy with my kid as possible because hoping that I would make it to surgery because then it was like with COVID, you know, my doctor thought that because of the size of the tumor, I would get in right away. But after that five, that diagnosis, it was two months till I was able to get into surgery. It's a very long two months. Very, I, very long. I can't even imagine. I hope to never experience it. Like, yeah, I hope you don't either. <laughs> sorry for uh, your situation. <laughs> but yeah, I hope that it, it's not something I have to personally with my own body experience. Ah, fuck. I hope not too, man. It's pretty fucking grisly. Especially like I'm very, I'm a very independent woman to not to have to have my son hold my arm like I'm my 95 year old grandma <laughs> to not be able to spell the word spoon to not be able to spell the word cat to not add like to not it, it's it's it was a prison I was in a prison. And then it was crazy. As soon as I had the tumor removed, it was like being snapped back into place like it was like, oh, oh. God, yeah. like now I'm finally behind the driver wheel again. It kind of like felt like I was operating my body like a claw machine toy <laughs> thing, you know, like the claw drop. Oh, it's, it's a ter- terrible. It, it doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> it doesn't fucking work. And you can just watch the claw drop. I really wanted it to drop on the fucking things I wanted to do, but didn't fucking work. So That's, yeah, my next question was like your, your feelings on after surgery, which you just answered how you felt after yeah. the surgery. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, and energy, like intent. It was like almost being reborn. It was like then fully being aware of how far down that rabbit hole of poor health I had actually been where, because I, I hadn't understood that fatigue, the, where that, how long that has been there, been there for a year and a half, two years feeling that I can do like my thought process was so clear. My emotional outlook was a lot better. And it just was like, holy shit. I've been suffering from this for a long time. And they figure I had that tumor for over a year. So did the doctors say how long you could have waited? Or did they say you waited just the right amount of time before you came to see them? The doctors are tricky, man. They don't say anything subjective like that. They're just <laughs> like, okay, good thing it's out. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think when they're, when they're operating? What do you think they're thinking? Like, oh man, good thing she came to us yesterday. Because if she didn't come to us within the next week, yeah. this thing would be. Well, my, my general practitioner. So my surgeon was the one. He wouldn't said nothing like that. He just was like, yeah, I take out 60 of these a day. Boom, boom. You know, but my general practitioner was like, it's just amazing that we were actually able to catch this because it, I really wasn't that far off. Like if for having uh, a pinched off blood supply, that's pretty much, that is a definition of a stroke, you know? Yeah. So to still have my faculties, like even now, like I'm not completely at a hundred percent. And now I'm about, I think about a month and a half from surgery. It's been since, and like, I still will stumble over words, but it's not, not the same uh, where I was before. Thank God. You know, and now I just have this great desire to go out and live my fucking life. Like now I'm just looking at it and going, okay, you know what? Life is far too fucking short to wait for happiness. I'm going to go and fucking get it and go where I want to be happy, where I think I can be happy. You know, eat eat the pie, bang the dude. I'm I'm eating all the fucking pie. (laughs) Slap the kid, everything. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, I've slapped him for years. He's okay. I'll give him a rest. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> take it easy on the kid. I'll let him have some pie. <laughs> when you were meeting with the doctors, what was the prognosis on full recovery? Did they did they give that information? No, because it's kind of uh, up in the air how fully recovered you become. Some people don't recover from this. So it's pure, purely subjective, especially because I was suffering so much of the neurological symptoms as opposed to just straight physical symptoms. So they, they're like, well, it should come back. That's kind of where I was at. So I was terrified. I was very terrified that I would never come back. And I was like almost prepared to not go on anymore if that's how it was going to be. So they didn't give you a worst case scenario. You thought of your own worst case scenario. Yeah. I provided it for myself. That's how independent I am. Well, that, that's, that's comforting. <laughs> Could you imagine if you weren't such a positive person, like, right? <laughs> your, your worst case scenario would be like, um, I'm just going to go fall on a knife in, yeah, the, pretty in the bath much. full of water yeah. and call it a day. Oh, I saw, I'll tell you, I was, I had those thoughts. I was there. Cause I was like, you know, I don't want to go on living like this because it was like living as a shell and I couldn't handle it. Just the emotional fucking bullshit, everything. I just was like, yeah, I will take a long walk off a short bridge, you know, that's, but I was going to at least wait till surgery anyway, you know, see how it worked out. Okay. <laughs> so can you say in your day-to-day -day life, you really don't get scared of much. You sort of no. just, no. How scared were you when you made it into the doctor's office after your kid came to you and said, you can't be here, we need to go there, and you need to talk to someone? I didn't get scared until they started strapping electrodes to my chest. Then I was scared. Then it made, then it hit home because it was not just like a doctor going, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll stick you, get some blood work. It was like they were rushing a cart to me. They were slapping electrodes on me. They were, I was just like, oh, you know, not used to like when you get a lot of attention from a doctor, it's not a good fucking thing. Yeah. You know? And so that's, that's when I really started to get scared. And then it makes you think, cause I'm a single parent. So it's like, what happens to my kid? What do I do? You know? And you, then you're like, it was terrifying. It was like probably the scariest fucking thing I've ever been through. And that I've been through a lot. <laughs> Luckily, I have not personally been through a lot, so that makes me feel good. But <laughs> there, there was a there was a cancer scare in my family a couple of years ago, and I remember making an appointment right away with my doctor to get a whole bunch of tests yeah. done, and because my family's got a high frequency cancer patients, right? Right. So I went in and talking to my doctor and stuff, and I explained that like my sister's got all this cancer, and I'm just concerned. I need to know whether or not I'm going to be okay. I know you probably can't tell me right now because you're just looking at me. Yeah. And he's just looking at me. He's like, no, man, you're tip top. And I was like, what? Like, I'm, I'm, I, I can go like, we're good here. He's like, no, we'll do some tests. But I can assure you, like, I do enough tests on you to know that you're okay. Like, I'm not going to put the fear of God in you that something bad is going to happen. But bad things yeah. happen to people all the time. But I can tell you, you're a healthy guy. Like, things yeah, are okay. You'll be okay. Yeah, You're, you're going to be okay. I was like, I would still prefer if we did a whole bunch of tests. And he's like, yeah, yeah, right? we'll set you up. We'll do a full physical. I'm like, oh. Is that with things going into my butt? He's like, yeah, we'll do it all. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. Can I book one of these every week? And he's like, no, we'll, we'll do yeah. it once every year. <laughs> but two fingers if you ask nice. Oh, two. I was going to go for three, slip them a 20. And oh, dirty hooker. <laughs> dirty hooker. So yeah, I mean, after all the tests and everything, and then like the cancer specialist from Edmonton gave me a call and I had like a Zoom meeting with them and stuff. And wow. uh, I was told that things are okay 
and I have just as many chances as every other person on the street. There's nothing special about me. I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if there's ever the prognosis of uh, not special, that's when you want to have it right there. I I got it, and it, it it made my year, like... You're like, thank God. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, sure, thanks something, but whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, thank, thank you, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. <laughs> so with your with your kid, like helping you, like getting around the house and getting you to the hospital and stuff, like you're yeah. really you're really close with your kid, right? Like, super oh yeah, close. we're yeah, we're tight as fuck, man. We're thicker than thieves. <laughs> so how did he respond to the news after you had all the like electrodes and the scans, and then you guys go home? Did he just like? sit there and like roll his like peas on a plate or his mashed potatoes and like look up and then about to talk and then not talk. Or was he like, Hey mom, we need to talk about this. You know, he kind of was like, I'm pretty lucky and I'm going to totally blame it on all the beating that I did when he was a child. Like I think I beat, I think I beat him into a perfect adult, but he was so, he was my lifesaver during that because he just was like, well, you know, at least, at least they know what's going on, mom. Like he was the voice of optimism at all fucking points of it, where when I was falling down low, he just was like, no, you know, they're going to take it out. Everything's going to get better. We did a bunch of research on it to understand kind of what was going on. And it just was like, I think the biggest thing was just learning how to kind of like tune me out because like, as I said, I was an emotional fucking mess. And like, sometimes I just come unhinged on him for no reason and uh, realize it after the fact and then be like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like totally not knowing what I was doing until it's like, Holy fuck the aftermath. And I'm like, Oh my God, what have you just done? You know, but he's been so good about it. So good. Is he normally like, like a rock to you? Is he normally like that? Or is he just usually a little fucked hard kid, but you know, helpful? No, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. He's my little fucked hard mom making this mom making that fucking 18 years old and fucking still sucking hind teeth. Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, but I love him. He's got a good sense of humor. Thank God. It's the only thing that keeps him alive. I swear to fucking God. So during this time, you said you became emotionally unhinged, which isn't like you, right? You're usually cool, calm, no. collected. Yeah, did yeah, you, absolutely. Did you snap on him for absolutely anything? <laughs> yeah, the worst. So I think part of his therapy now, now that I'm okay, is like bringing up tumor time. So we called the tumor Bubba. And he's like, so he's like, remember when you had Bubba? And like, <laughs> he'll just like, tell me something I did. And I think the worst I did was like, just walking past his bedroom and coming into his room. The kids, poor kids playing fucking Xbox, eating popcorn. Okay. Like nothing's wrong. My kids, you know, he comes home every night, doesn't do drugs. Like he's in his room eating fucking popcorn. And I've got to come barging into his room and be like, are you eating my kettle corn? You fuck. And then I'm like, I can smell the sugar. Like that poor bastard. I don't know how the fuck he put up with me, you know? So at least we can laugh about it because like, thank God, like, He's got just as terrible of a sense of humor as I do. Thank Christ. Yeah. And uh, we were, we were able to get through it a lot because it was like, and then he'd make fun of me, that little bastard. Like I'd be standing in the kitchen and he'd literally just take one finger and just give me the tiniest little poop <laughs> and it could fall me over. I would totally like almost <laughs> hit the ground and he would catch me. So that was nice. But 
Yeah, he's a dickhead, but uh, he had fun. He's like, spell cat for me, mom. And if I fuck <laughs> it up, he'd be like, spell it again. You know, just like, I was like, you're not supposed to laugh this much at your mom. I have a tumor right now, you dickhead. The right? Is, like, <laughs> did he actually take the kettle corn? <laughs> yes, he was eating my fucking kettle corn. That fucked that. You weren't unhinged for any wrong reason. No, the tumor was on it, man. <laughs> Bubba knew what was going on. I didn't, but the tumor did. They're like, there's only two bags left. And that fucker's eating one. <laughs> Don't mess with that kettle corn. Did you get to keep Bubba? No, I had Bubba has a whole new home. You know, he, they had to keep him for biopsy. They had to make sure that he actually wasn't cancer, which he wasn't. So I'm not special either. Yeah. Yay. And yeah, no, he's cancer free and cut up. It was so funny when I did a Facebook post. I can't even tell you how many fucking people told me. I should cut it up and eat it but it did, did look like like a fucking lizard baby it was oh weird it was like it was like my weird twin with no teeth like if that fucking thing had teeth and hair i don't know what i would have done i, don't I know. wonder how many views on tiktok you get of you like <laughs> deep frying eating the tuna yeah uh, i know if you look like a lifetime fucking bad they'd be like yeah, <laughs> you are no longer allowed on twitter somebody would be hiring you right after that for the same kind of shit <laughs> they would yeah they'd be like they like, would. We need you. We, we need, need you, you in our lives. Yeah. yeah. But not the kettle corn yeah. stealing fuck. Not him. He stays home. <laughs> yeah. You leave that Bubba mean bastard at home. <laughs> like this fun loving one. Yeah. Shit. Oh my God. This one knows how to share kettle corn. Not very well, but you know, a lot better than Bubba. I tell you. <laughs> So how nervous were you leading up to the operation? Like you had all the all the information, you had your date, you're like, okay, and your your kids uh, like, hey, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, and you're just like, all right, cool, or like, what were your thoughts on? I getting there I wasn't and getting nervous. I wasn't nervous. I was just anxious. I wanted it over with. I wanted this to be behind me. I was hoping that because I had a lot of hope riding on that tumor coming out of my neck. So I would just was like, get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. Like I would have a phone call thinking they were going to call me in early and it never happened. So it just was like, fuck, I had to actually wait for my surgery date. Cause they're like, we'll put you on the cancellation list. And every day I'd be like, please call me, please call me, please call me. Cause I just wanted it over with. Like I needed to know what was going to be next because I was already living this weird fucking purgatory limbo and i was done with it it was too long like those those two months were the longest two months of my goddamn life where just like every day uh, just was like a total disconnection of reality and a loss of some other faculty and function so i just was excited to get it the fuck over with i just was like <laughs> woohoo yeah it's coming I'm, I'm ready to go and like i was pretty excited i could barely sleep the night before because of how excited i was just to get this fucking thing out of me just to move forward because like i needed to know what the next step was going to be because like that was a huge part of trying to get through this was telling myself that this was going to be over soon this was going to be over soon you know like you're yeah. going to be able to do all this shit again it's going to be okay but then you know this abyss like you get lost in this abyss of illness and then you, it's like you lose track of time and then just everything feels like it's fucking forever you know so when it was date when it was finally time i was like woo. <laughs> yeah I, I partied all the fucking way there i was like yes and then with covid it was only day surgery so i didn't even go in the hospital very long i got in eight o'clock in the morning and i was out by three o'clock in the afternoon and then i had to stay in the city for 48 hours to make sure i didn't stroke out and do other shit make sure my hormone levels were good and see you later alligator 
And then your kid is right at the end of the day. It's all good. Everything's fine. Just go get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell him that though. Fuck oh, him. No, he can't absolutely know he's not. right? right? So, <laughs> Between you and me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we do. Have, we and the listeners. Two, yes. There's two or, th- two or three listeners. My mom, for sure. <laughs> but she's going to ask mom. me, she's going to ask me a million questions about this one. So you had to wait a long time. Like it, to you, it was a long time to wait to get the surgery done, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, okay, it felt like forever. I'm going to tell you a quick little story about something that I read the other day. There's this guy okay. named Leonid Rogozov. Okay. Oh, Russian. He, Russian. Yeah. So he, he's a Russian Soviet general practitioner. He took part oh, in, the, wow. in the sixth Soviet Antarctic expedition between 1960 and 1961. He was the only medical staffer stationed at the station. While he was there, he developed appendicitis, which meant he had to perform the appendectomy on himself. Oh. Oh my God. In a case of self-surgery. So the dude froze himself, cut himself, removed his appendix, stitched himself up. And guess what? Perfectly fine. Wow. That's strength, man. I wasn't that good. I wasn't <laughs> that strong. No, I smoked a lot of weed. I ate edibles and a lot of weed. Like I just was like, well, if I'm a fucking zombie, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile, this guy's on his back, half frozen, cut himself open. You're like, I'm just going to go smoke some weed and eat some edibles. Yeah, I'm like, oh, where's that caramel? I'm gonna eat that 50 milligram bad boy right there. Yeah. Oh, I yep, still have get those. it in me. I do need to. <laughs> they are delicious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, fucking... They do last forever though if you put them in the freezer. So yeah, I'm, I'm not too concerned. I'm not too concerned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could never do that much shit by myself. Oh my god. <laughs> I could only imagine. Like I have a hard enough time taking a splinter out of my fucking thumb, you know? Yeah. yeah. So are there any medical type things that you have to do going forward? to like ensure your health and stuff? Like did the doctor say, Hey, here's a checklist of stuff. We want to make sure this is good every year, every week or anything like that. Is there anything at all? So all I got to do now is because it happened when I was so, while I'm so young with lots of life left, I just have to get my uh, calcium and parathyroid hormone checked once a year. That's it. And then now I kind of can see, now I know what I'm looking for too. Like I noticed that these signs coming on again, I've now learned that I better go get help. Like what the fuck, you know? going to asking for help is the strongest thing you can fucking do sitting and hiding in the corner is the easy thing to do you know no i'm with you i'm definitely a person who asks for help every chance i get number one i don't want my life to be hard so people can help me with shit i'll get them to help me number two if i feel like i'm having a stroke i want to make sure that it's not a you know ping pong size you know tumor growing on my neck somewhere so i'm gonna go get help really fucking handy it's really handy to know yeah well, I don't have the skills to freeze myself or cut myself open. So I'm going to have to rely on other people who went to like 12 <laughs> years of school to so- solve that shit. Thank God he never wanted to get circumcised. He'd have a hell of a time. He's but like he can... emergency circumcision. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. But if you don't get circumcised, <laughs> you're able to dock easier. Right. That's right. Right. It's all about. Oh, that's funny. That was my garbage alarm. <laughs> oh. I don't know if you heard it. I just heard it. Yeah. What do you mean your guard? Like you have to take it out? That's the get my child to take out garbage alarm. Oh, shit. You have garbage day tomorrow, too? So do I. Right? See? How weird is that? We don't even live together. No. Wow. Not even in the same town. That's fucked up. It is fucked up. Yep. So your alarm, garbage alarm. Don't forget to take your garbage outside. I've I've already done it. I've already done it. Nice. Yes. I got to tell my kid. All the household shit before, you know, making this call. Awesome. I've only got one more question in regards to surgery and stuff and situation, but... How does the future look for Dora Cote? Oh, the future is uh, very bright, finally, for Miss Dora Cote. I'm uh, deciding to up and leave my lifelong home of Alberta and go to the East Coast, dip my toes in some East Coast lifestyle for a little bit and 
check out some Halifax and Oak Island and go live some uh, ocean, I don't know, ocean fucking dreams. I'm looking forward to a nice change. I'm, uh, I'm excited exciting. for you. Number one, to see the look on your face of being excited. Yeah. Num- number two, I have someone I can visit whenever I head out there. Right? It's the best place ever. Is it? Well, for it, now it is. Uh, for now it is. <laughs> for now it is. That's right. All right, Dora. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time out. This has been awesome. Enlightening. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Educational. Hopefully people listening, if you guys are having slurred speech and fucked up motor functions and you're yelling at your Blurred kid. vision. Yeah. <laughs> you're really sensitive when your kettle corn gets eaten. You can't spell the word cat. You can't spell the word spoon. Go see someone. You fucked up. Go get your shit checked out. <laughs> exactly. All right. I think that's a week. I do as well. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. So when I uh, finally get my buns on the East Coast, I'll finally get my uh, poop in a group about my blueberry barbecue sauce because that's still going to be released. And uh, hopefully we'll get to talk about that too. You know, it's always a pleasure to come on to the uh, know-it-alls and talk to everybody. And I love coming on things. I, I agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Me love too. It. You know, like it's not really something I talk about in front of my child very often, but you know, it's really fun. Yeah. Even on myself, I'm, I'm cool with that as well. <laughs> I, depends if you get it in the button though. i hate like, getting sticky, it in my beard sticky, sticky. oh my god <laughs> me too that's why i just shave it now fuck it you know i should shave my beard and be more like you <laughs> one could only hope one could only hope but it's uh, always a pleasure uh coming on to this show you know i guess i'm gonna have to get back to all the packing and get my shit together hit the east coast and then you'll have to do some live from halifax with will. the know-it-alls I get right? teapot. Yeah, we get teapot on the horn and do this up. I'll be like, I can cook some lobster. I can eat it. You guys won't know, but I'll just, enjoy it. We can just watch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll be like, I'll be like, I don't like seafood. And teapot be like, I don't eat meat. It's like, this I'm sucks. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like my own food for it. I'm like, yeah, dripping the butter all over myself. No one cares. It's just me. It's for me. That's all. I'm telling you, Dora, do a TikTok. Even smothering your face with like lobster and butter, people are going to pay to watch that shit. All right. I might have to do a TikTok. Jesus Christ. Talking to the worst shit, don't you? I'm yeah, that's true. I mean, you're probably not going to eat any tumors, but. <laughs> well, you never know. Fuck, man. You never know. If they do let you keep, I got to keep my kidney stone. So, I mean, hey, I was going to eat that, but I was like, huh. <laughs> Just crush it up, yeah, yeah. Rail it like a rock star. <laughs> it, it looked like it looked like, like pink Himalayan sea salt. Like it looked like a chunk oh. of it, and I was like, that came out of there. Nice. That was interesting. Yeah, well, I didn't feel it. I was on like drugs where they wide my urethra, so I had no idea. It just comes out into the sieve, and I looked at it. <laughs> I think I've seen a movie like that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's cool. All right, I guess I'm gonna go to work and then ponder how that fit out of that hole. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. No, no work afterwards, man. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> all right. No dolls. Have yourself a good week. Hope you enjoyed all the information that you got here and all the awesome talk about eating tumors and pissing out. Yeah. Shows. <laughs> Peace out. Wish you 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 wish you